There are so many supplements out there. How do you choose? If there was just one supplement that Trey and I would recommend, it's definitely Ningxia Red. We have consistently drank Ningxia every day since May of 2015. It's a whole body health and wellness supplement that's a powerhouse full of antioxidants and nutrition. Ningxia Red is made with pureed wolfberries, also known as goji berries, along with blueberry, plum, cherry, aronia, and pomegranate juices. These are very high in antioxidants that boost immunity and protect your body against oxidative stress. It also has food-grade essential oils like orange and lemon, yuzu, and tangerine. These provide an incredible dose of D-limonene. Trust me, Google that. This is just a two-ounce shot of liquid gold, and it supports your body for better energy and healthy cellular function. Why is that? Well, that's because you're getting antioxidants equivalent to eating like eight pounds of carrots and 16 whole oranges. Trust me, your liver and your eyes will thank you. If you'd like more information, visit my website, www.amycastles.com. It's time for a healthy dose of According to the Castles, the show where we talk about marriage, family, faith, health, nutrition, fitness, and so much more. And now, please welcome your hosts, Amy and Trey Castles. Hey everyone, it's just Amy today. Just me. Trey is not here today, so you get me right in solo. I am talking today about carbohydrates. A few weeks ago, or excuse me, a few episodes ago, I talked about protein and protein being the foundation of your plate, the foundation of your entire diet. And the next important macronutrient would be carbohydrates. So as we all have come out of the holidays and this weather that makes us want to eat all the breads and carbs out there, and a little bit, I would say, I don't know about you, but I move a lot less in the wintertime. And I think that's just because I'm less likely to go outside for a walk when it's cold. Uh, I'm less likely to be outside going into the garden, all that kind of stuff. So um, I feel like this is like fattening up time <laughs> on carbs and less activity. So, you know, the, the thing is, is that it, it does, it happens throughout the year. We have different seasons and our bodies react to the different seasons. So the way that a horse or a dog puts on its winter coat, I kind of tell myself, Hey, this is my winter coat. Like I'm, I've got some extra fur going on. It's keeping me warm. It's giving me, <laughs> it's giving me that extra, uh, fluff and, uh, that's okay. It, it comes off, you know, but this year I definitely feel more and more motivated to not get into some of the funky feelings that come along with it. I have an actual alarm in my phone that I, I put on there as a reminder in mid-February. I say, Amy, this is the funky time. Give it a couple more weeks, the sun will be shining, hormones producing, happy hormones, that is. And, you know, you may, this year I'm like, you know, I think I want to actually force myself to get outside and walk more, bundle up if I have to, not be lazy, bundle up my clothes and go for a walk, uh, start paying attention a little bit more to my macronutrients early on. Seems like after Christmas, I'm like, oh, I'm just so tired. And then for the month of January and most of February, I'm just kind of not really doing a whole lot. So this year, I'm not saying that I want to be, you know, balls to the wall, go crazy, um, but I just want to be more mindful. And 
what better way to think about mindfulness when it comes to our diet than to actually get some education and talk about carbohydrates. All right, so what are carbohydrates? Well, basically, these are one of the three macronutrients, protein, carbs, fat, protein, carbohydrates, fat, however you want to say it. Carbohydrates are sugar molecules, and we need carbohydrates for our brain to function. We need carbohydrates for our bodies to have certain chemicals and uh, enzymes and probiotics, uh, bacteria that's produced inside of our body, amino acids and actual proteins. Our bodies do make proteins. We need some carbohydrates in order to do that. Carbohydrates are a good thing and it's not always a bad thing. They're not the enemy. So let's talk about the categories of carbohydrates. Think of carbohydrates as the umbrella term for two categories, one being simple carbohydrates and the other category being complex carbohydrates. When you think of simple carbohydrates, think of carbs that, and I'm going to say carbohydrates or carbs. Carbs is quicker. So simple carbs, these digest really, really quick. Complex, they're more complex, they digest slower. So let's dive into simple carbs. Simple carbs, these digest quick and they give a burst of glucose, which is energy. And when you think of simple carbs as an umbrella word for two other categories, added sugars and natural sugars. So when you think of added sugars, think these are calories, like they actually are calories, but they have zero vitamins, zero minerals. Think table sugar, fructose, corn syrup, fruit juice concentrate, and sucralose. All of these added sugars contain calories, but there's no nutrients in it whatsoever. There's a place for them at times. Natural sugars. Now, natural sugars contain vitamins, minerals, fiber. Think fruit whole milk, and these still digest quick, but they do have vitamins and minerals in the things that that our bodies do need, and fiber. Now, think of complex carbohydrates. Complex carbohydrates are slow digesting. They are slow energy flow. They contain calories, and they also contain fiber, minerals, vitamins, phytonutrients, things like that. Many fruits are complex carbohydrates, uh, root vegetables, whole grains, beans, legumes, tubers. When you think tubers, think things like yucca root or sweet potatoes. So complex carbs are also incredibly beneficial, and we'll go more into that. So there's benefits to fast digesting carbs, the simple And there's benefits to the slow digesting carbs, which are complex. Now, let's take a pause for a second. Let's talk about high blood sugar. There's challenges with high blood sugar, such as metabolic syndrome. Many people you know are getting metabolic syndrome. This is where their body is basically in a place where it's screaming at you and it's getting very close to getting type 2 diabetes. Other challenges with high blood sugar, obesity, heart disease, depression, brain fog, hormones going up and going down. When you think of these things like hormones going up and down, you may be, you know, that just the shift. Why is that? Well, a lot of times people who are continually having high blood sugar, 
we have something called candida in our body. And candida is a natural type of fungus. And it's okay when it's in a small amount. But Candida can then overgrow, just like in a pond. Sometimes that pond has way too much algae. There's not enough plant life, there's not enough sun, or there's not enough fish and microorganisms to eat away at some of the algae. And then the algae chokes out all of the other good things in the pond, and next thing you know, there's very little life in your pond, and you've got this whole ecosystem mess. The same thing can happen in your gut. So when phyto or when this fungus overgrows this candida, it starts to then, and it, by the way, it looks like, like little white flakes. If you ever got a colonic and you start to get to a point where the, the colonic is clearing out your colon, it's basically a tube that's stuck up your butt and then water is pushed in and then it's flowing out as well. And um, a lot of times it washes away a lot of that candida. So the candida looks like little white flakes, but that candida starts to overgrow and it grows up into your, um, as a female, the vaginal tract. It grows into your esophagus and into your mouth. It grows into your bloodstream. And that is really bad. When you start to get candida overgrow into your bloodstream, you have a living organism in your blood, okay? So now you go and you eat healthy carbohydrates and sugars or whatever it is that you're eating, and your blood sugar rises. Well, you need your blood sugar to rise, right? Because we that's a natural part of us being human. Our blood sugar rises. It gives us the energy for our muscles. It gives us the energy for our brain. Well, all of that candida that's in your blood now is really hungry and it eats away at all of that blood sugar. And then your blood sugar drops. And then an hour later, you're like, I'm craving sugar. And now you want, like, you're like, I need sugar. And so then you eat sugar and then you feed that candida again. And then again, it's just the same process over and over and your levels are up and the levels are down. So when you are constantly having a high blood sugar, you're constantly feeding that candida and you're creating this whole ecosystem inside your body that just wreaks havoc. And this just, just leads to weight gain and it leads to heart disease. I mean, if you were to eat a bunch of sugar and never brush your teeth, you would start to see that you would have really bad plaque build up on your teeth. Well, that same type of plaque builds up in the arteries that are uh, feeding your heart its blood supply. And when you have that, that increase in plaque build up, then it damages the linings of the walls of the, the endothelial cells and, in your heart. And when those get damaged, those are now you're, you're creating a blockage like, like, um, in your house, your whole plumbing system, the plumbing system on your house. If, if you have gunk building up along the walls of the, um, of the lines, your water pressure is going to go down. You don't want your blood pressure to, um, well, I guess in your body, your blood, your blood pressure probably would go up. You don't have that good blood supply. And then now you're not getting oxygen to your brain. It's just like, it's just a domino. It's literally one thing after the other, your brain, you're not thinking well. Um, uh, and then let's just talk about depression for a minute. The candida, it, it lives a lot in your gut and 
if you have an overgrowth of candida, then that candida then chokes out some of those healthy bacteria that live in there. So you remember that pond thing with the um, the whole ecosystem? Well, it's the same thing with your gut. You have healthy bacteria in there. And that healthy bacteria actually produces uh, dopamine, uh, or excuse me, serotonin, your happy hormones. And it's also going to produce vitamins and minerals that your body needs and, to help function. Well, if you don't have some of those happy hormones produce, then you're going to feel feelings of depression. And usually the feeling of depression makes you want to get some sort of dopamine hit. And this is where your addictions lie. Social media, you you post something on social media and a bunch of people respond, it's instant dopamine hit. You buy something online, go shopping. The second that it says, click your order received, orders on your way. It is a dopamine hit. Um, sugar is a dopamine hit. Drugs are a dopamine hit. Sex is a dopamine hit. Um, just all kinds of things are dopamine hits. And if you're constantly searching for that, it's a sign that there's a deeper root of an issue going on. Okay, so have I convinced you that you don't want high blood sugar all the time? All right, so let's go into some reasons uh, or ways to increase your blood sugar. I'm, a, I'm doing reverse psychology here. How to increase your blood sugar. Have lots of mental stress. Be stressed out about everything. Be stressed about driving in the car, work, the, the house, um, everything. Be stressed. Drink sugar. Oh, man, you want to increase your blood sugar? Drink lots of sugar. Cokes, fruit juices, everything that you can think of. Drink lots of sugar. That will increase your blood sugar big time. Eat simple carbs, all of those sugars. Go get a bag of Skittles, and that will really increase your blood sugar. Eat so many processed carbs. When they process carbs, they are pulling out the fiber and the nutrients and all those things that that make it a complex carb. So white bread, that sorry, that Wonder Bread. Oh, that Wonder Bread it tastes so wonderful. <laughs> However, it is really a processed carb, and now you're turning what should have been a complex carb into a simple carb, and it is digesting very fast. It's fantastic if you are running the Ironman and you're passing your family and they hand you a peanut butter and jelly sandwich on Wonder Bread. Yeah, that's going to be a very quick energy source, but not while you're trying to be a kid sitting in a classroom or sitting at your computer desk job or just living a sedentary lifestyle. Eating unbalanced meals. You want to increase your blood sugar? Don't eat protein and don't eat fat. That will increase your, pro your blood sugar. Another thing that increases blood sugar is alcohol. If you ever are sitting next to somebody who's diabetic and they are drinking alcohol and they've got a little reader on their phone, it's going it's going to be like bing 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 bing. Blood sugar 200 200 and <laughs> seek insulin now. So, drinking alcohol does increase your blood sugar. So that those are ways that you can increase your blood sugar. Okay. Let's talk for real though. How to decrease your blood sugar. It's basically the opposite. So when we think of, oh man, how do I get myself back on track? You do that. You actually just get yourself back on track. Try not to think of all the things that you don't do. Think of all the things that you you should do or that you do 
do, need to do. (laughs) Think of all the things that are right. Focus on what's good. And that will put you on the right track. Okay, drink water. Lots of water. If If you're sitting next to a diabetic and their blood sugar is really high, in addition to having to take some insulin, they're probably going to be drinking water. Water helps lower your blood sugar a little bit. So lots of water throughout the day. Eat protein at every single meal. Your protein should be the foundation of every meal. It's number one, how can I get my protein? Number two, how can I add in a healthy carbohydrate? And then number three, how can I get a healthy fat in there? Usually when you eat protein, you're going to have some fat with it. We were just talking before the podcast about the about cooking briskets and brisket has fat on it. You eat eggs, it has fat in it. You have chicken, it has natural fat, turkey, natural fat. So God made our protein items with fat. So it's not necessarily something that you have to really focus on um, to get your fats. You can do things like olive oil and avocado. So But focusing on getting protein at every meal is going to help keep your blood sugar down. Eat fiber-rich foods. There is a time and a place for fruit, and there is mostly a time and a place for fiber. So fiber is actually going to help slow down the digestion of your complex carbs. So when you're eating food, if you're eating grain, for example, make sure that it has fiber in it. It's not it's a whole grain bread versus a white wonder bread where it's just everything's bleached out and stripped out. So you can also, instead, you don't have to eat grain. You can eat things like sweet potatoes, potatoes, all the squashes. Those contain a lot of fiber. If I were to take an apple and juice that apple, what do you think, Who and somebody else were to just eat the apple, who do you think is going to have a higher blood sugar? The person who just drank the apple juice, they took out the fiber, or the person who is going to just eat the entire apple and actually chew it and get all the fiber. Of course, the person with the fiber. They're going to have a very slow rise of blood sugar and then a slower decline. The person who drank the apple juice is going to have a quick rise in their blood sugar and then a quick decrease, and then they are going to crave sugar again quicker than the apple eater. All right. Exercise daily. Your carbohydrates should match your exercise. So if you are a person, okay, your protein, like I said, should be your number one. Determine how much protein that you need for your body. I would say at least one gram per kilogram of body weight. So your your protein, you already got that. You already know, okay, I weigh this much and here's how much protein I have. And then I'm going to take that total number of protein and divide it by all my meals. Okay, that's your foundation. Then you add on your carbohydrates. So now you determine what your overall calories is. How many calories should you be eating in a day to at least have all the chemical processes go through your body plus a little bit to feed your exercise? And maybe you have a tiny bit of a deficit if you've got some fat to burn. Okay, so you take that total number of calories and then you multiply that by a percentage. So let's say that you want to be at a very minimum carbohydrates, okay? 
Minimum carbohydrates would be anywhere from 5 to 25% of your calories. This is someone who is really, maybe they just are having a big issue with uh, their blood sugar right now, um, their their cholesterol, blood pressure, you know, their their overall, uh, their triglycerides are too high and y'all, you've just overdone it, this person. So maybe they need to go to a very low carbohydrate to get their baseline. You can always start low and then slowly add on. So take your total number of calories and let's just say 25%, multiply that by 25%. And that is how many calories of carbohydrates that should be your baseline. You take that and then you divide it by maybe say three meals and maybe your first three meals of the day, that's how many carbs you get. You start with that. And then what you may realize is, oh my gosh, I am having say a third cup of sweet potato. I'm having a third of a cup of sweet potato, but I just don't feel satisfied. I want to add on and do a half a cup. So you can do it by percentage or you can do it by measuring cup. Okay. Um, (laughs) It takes a little bit of time to just kind of figure this out, but I'm just giving you the basics right now. Hopefully you feel like it's not too overwhelming. All right. Eat balanced meals. We already pretty much said that, said that and limit or eliminate your alcohol use. I really believe that we are coming into a time where truth is being spoken more on the damages that alcohol does provide. And I think it's okay in moderation. Everything is okay in some sort of moderation. Our bodies are incredibly made and they have the ability to take in foods and drinks and then filter it out. But if you don't give yourself enough time to to detox that out or filter it out, that's where some of the problem lies. What I think a lot of people are realizing too is that back in the 90s, you know, we were told, oh, wine is good for you. Wine is good for you. And alcohol is good for you. It's good for your your heart and all that. Okay. I could go into a whole discussion on this. I'm not going to, but we have to know that these are marketing ploys that these are, it's just, it's marketing. And there is, yes, there's great benefits to the the skins of grapes, the reservatrol or whatever it is. However, you'd have to drink like 36 bottles of wine to just to get the beneficial amount that they're talking about. So just be mindful of those sorts of things. And there are times where, yeah, alcohol, I think, could be helpful for somebody who wants to drink a hottie toddy. I mean, I would rather somebody drink an ounce of whiskey in a hottie toddy than take a bunch of medicine for your cough. Give your give your body a relaxation with a hottie toddy. Your body knows how to filter that out versus um, some of the chemicals that are in some of the medicines out there. So anyway, if you limit your alcohol or eliminate it altogether, you will have uh, better blood sugar that way too. Just a reminder, carbs are good. They're good. And they are amazing. They taste great. So it is the glucose. It's our primary, it's our primary food source, our primary fuel source. Carbs are our primary fuel source. They are what feed our brain. They get our muscles to contract. They help your physical performance. They help your brain be able to think. They prevent proteins from breaking down. 
you don't want proteins to be broken down inside your body. If your proteins are broken down inside your body because you're eating such low carbs, that's a dangerous place to be in. So by you eating at least some carbs, you are having you're you're preventing some of those proteins from being broken down. You're you're preserving some of your muscle. Digestive health, carbs are good for digestive health. You you've got to feed those pre and and probiotics that are in your body. The prebiotics are are what's in your apples and your plums and pears and bananas and grapes and all those things. There's those are prebiotics. They feed the healthy bacteria also known as probiotics within your gut. So carbs are good for digestive health. There there's essential nutrients in carbohydrates. There are um, vitamins and minerals. It, the carbs help with your blood sugar regulation. If you've ever gone super low carb and had those blood sugar lows and your ketosis wasn't necessarily happening very well for you, or maybe you just did it too long, then uh, you felt that low blood sugar. Maybe you're somebody who has been on one of the weight loss shots that are out there and you have felt like really, really, really bad from it, you're probably having very low blood sugar and feeling really funky in your brain. So um, low blood sugar is is definitely uh, a side effect of some of those um, weight loss shots that are out there. Weight management, carbs, carbs help with your weight. So how many carbs do we need? Okay, let's go back to this. There's no same diet for everyone. I may be um, a... F- 35, 40% during the fall. Um, and then in the summer, I may be 50% if I'm running all the time. Um, I My body type is completely different than, say, Trey's. I mean, when I get stressed, I gain weight. He gets stressed, he starts looking skinny. And let me tell you, Trey's, he's, he's thinning out right now because he's been stressed about work. And uh, it's a slower time of the year. So I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm trying to feed him. I'm like, here's meals. I I just keep shoving food at him. And you better believe that there's a lot of carbs in there (laughs) because I want to fatten him up a little bit, but um, not too much, but just, you know what I mean? Anyway, this, there's no two same diets for everyone. There's no correct amount for absolutely everyone. We are all uniquely and wonderfully made by God, and we all require different amounts. It depends on how big or small a person is. You may have someone who is really tall and really big boned <laughs> and thick, and um, they may, may require a smaller amount of carbohydrates, and they have to have a lot of protein. And then you may have somebody that is really petite and really tiny and skinny, and they really need to have a higher amount of carbs and fat because their metabolism is so fast and they just burn through everything. So they increase their fat and their protein to help balance that out. So depending on how much muscle and body fat a person has, how active you are, the more active you are, the more carbohydrates that you need, how intense, how long lasting or frequent your exercise is. If your cardio exercises are just, you know, two days a week, maybe you're carb loading or fueling up on your carbohydrates, having maybe an extra serving of carbs on the days before those activities to fill up your muscles, fill up your your blood sugar. 
or your, your blood with carbs. So, um, the age and your stage of life typically, sorry, but as we get over 40, we need more protein than carbohydrates. You notice that kids, they're just like carby, 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 right? But when you start to become an adult, you need less and less carbs. You need, um, more protein and, and good fats. So, um, but you, those carbohydrates that you do eat, those need to be really good, high quality carbs. But what's interesting is that as people get older, have you noticed that they crave more and more sugar? And that's a lot to do with that whole ecosystem being out of balance in the gut and also kind of get your taste buds a little bit more damaged through the years and your, your taste buds start to change. And a lot of people are mouth breathers and the only thing that they can taste is actually sugar. So they end up craving sugar more because they want to taste something. When I had my sinus surgery, I couldn't really taste anything. However, I could taste sweet a little bit. So what was I craving? Sweet. And I had to really fight it to not allow my body to just crave all those and eat all those sugars because otherwise I would come out of it a mess and I didn't want to do that. So depends on your intake of other macronutrients. It depends on your genetics. You know, some people, they just can eat whatever they want. And some people, they can't. It also depends on what you like and what you can tolerate. Your body is, um, everybody has their preferences of what they like. So again, a low carbohydrate diet would be like 5 to 25%. Average would be about 40 to 50%. Most people could easily start with 40% and see what that looks like in terms of your measurements like I like to I like to weigh it out at first and then I basically see how much and I eyeball it see how much it is like on a measuring cup and then I don't even have to measure anything anymore I can eyeball it and it's pretty much almost exact now a high carbohydrate diet would be about 60 to 70 percent of your overall calories being from carbohydrates so um, where do we get our nutrients from well, okay, here's something to be mindful of and think about. Where did all the nutrients go? Okay, right now I have a garden at my house and my soil is crap right now. I had a few, I had a few seasons. I haven't really fertilized. I haven't rotated things out. It's kind of just been sitting there. I never really added anything last year and my my vegetables kind of showed it. Like I, you could see where it just wasn't producing like it should. Our soil is very, very important and it determines how our, our produce grows. So if you're buying produce from these mass farmers that are using chemicals to grow your produce, you're not, you're getting a beautiful looking item but there's not really a whole lot of nutrients in it. If you go to a local farm and look at their squash, it's gonna look very different from the squash that you find at Walmart. So it's very important to think about going to some local farms. You can go to a farmer's market. You can go to find a local farm. You could 
have your own garden. You could trade with other people. You guys team up. And then somebody grows this thing, somebody grow another, and then somebody else grows something else. And then you all just all trade with each other. That is a great way to control the nutrients that are coming in your food. You can also order from trusted companies online. There are companies that are uh, basically sending out organic fruits and vegetables on a co-op and they're overnight shipping these foods. And these are uh, really great organic farms. So you just got to find those. Um, you can buy organic at the store. It's costs a lot more. That's why I really like to try to go to local farms or go to the farmer's markets. Um, and then you can also order things from overseas, like your flour. I, I think I talked about this on another podcast. Um, when we went to Scotland, you know, I've been gluten-free for like 15 years and Trey's been gluten-free now for a couple of years. And when we went to Scotland, we ate the wheat, the, the bread literally three times a day. I had zero issues. There was no cramping, no bloating, no brain fog, no headache, no congestion, absolutely none of it. And Trey felt amazing too. And to be honest, it really irritated me. I came home and I was like, what the heck is going on? Like, this is rude. <laughs> our, our farming industry, uh, or it's really, it's the FDA that allows the chemicals to be placed and sprayed on our food chain. And they allow this to happen. And it's not necessarily the gluten. And what I'm reading is that it's not necessarily the gluten. It's the glycophosphate and it's it's the chemicals and the pesticides that are sprayed on top of the wheat. And it's it's the genetic makeup of the wheat, how they genetically make up that that wheat flour or the the wheat crop, and then how it is uh, put on the market. So, in Italy, they don't allow this. They do not allow the same farming practices and chemicals to be sprayed on their food as it does as they do allow here. See, here we have lobbyists. We have people. If you go to D.C. and you go stand outside of all these correctional or correctional. <laughs> they should be sometimes, right? Um, these congressional buildings. Sit outside and observe the amount of lobbyists that are coming in. These people are representatives that work for these large corporations, and they come in and they talk with congressmen. They go in and they get meetings with the FDA, and they petition their product, and they sell them on, hey, this is good. This is safe. This is this, this is that, and they donate big money to where they it should they want it to go, or where that other you know congressman or um, wherever the FDA wants it to go. I mean, there's just it's so much nastiness and corruption. We could have a whole episode just on that, but they allow foods and chemicals from these companies to get in and to be put onto our food supply. And doesn't that just make you mad? So I ordered this flower called um, Caputo. I think it's C-A-P-P-U-T-O. And I get that on Amazon. And it comes from Italy. It's an Italian imported flower. I get the double zero. And it has been amazing. I cooked with it. I made sourdough bread. Um, I can't believe how many things I have 
been able to cook and actually or bake and been able to use and um, no, no issues. So it's Antimo Caputo chef's flour. That's A-N-T-I-M-O and then C-A-P-U-T-O chef's flour, double zero. That has been a game changer in our house. And I've made so many amazing, wonderful things. It's made me look like an incredible baker and cook. <laughs> so I hope that this episode helped you clear up some of those thoughts about carbohydrates and giving you some uh, insight to what maybe you should be doing for yourself and how you want to change things up. So get out a pen and paper, uh, write down some of those numbers that I told you and start building your meal plan. And if you need help, I want you to reach out to me on Instagram. That's at a castles and we will talk and I've got some ideas for you. We'll talk to you soon. Have a wonderful day and Trey will be back next week. Talk to you soon. Bye. Thanks for listening to another episode of According to the Castles with Amy and Trey. Be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts so you never miss an episode. To stay up to date with the castles, follow Amy on Instagram at acastles. Until next time, have faith, enjoy life, and love abundantly. What was the first thing that your mom would ask you before you'd go to bed at night? Did you brush your teeth? I don't know about you, but my mom always asked that. Since I was a kid, healthy gums and teeth have always been important to me. But after a lot of research, I figured out that there's actually a lot of junk in the commercial toothpaste. Everything from SLS to artificial flavors and colors, sweeteners even. And I didn't like the way that they didn't actually get my teeth super clean. I felt like they weren't really actually supporting good overall oral health. Well, I'm so excited to tell you about a product that I created in 2016. Sparkle Dust is a non-toxic, chemical-free tooth cleansing powder that instantly brightens and strengthens and remineralizes your teeth and your gums. It will leave your teeth feeling like never before. They will feel cleaner, smoother, and brighter. You will feel like you just left the dentist. I love that feeling. Sparkle Dust is made from nine different organic earth-sourced ingredients, including minerals and clays. It's a natural solution proven to get you the smile that you've always dreamed of. Learn more about Sparkle Dust by visiting my website at www.mysparkledust.com.